4: And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to Math and Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
1: This is Teddy Teapot with Teddy Mellencamp.
2: Hey guys, welcome to this week's Teddy T-Pod, who I am co-hosting with Bob Guinea. Most of you who know me at all know that I'm like a crazed Bachelor fan, like (laughs) from the very beginning, and I couldn't think of sharing all of my personal information with anybody other than you, because you were one Uh. of my favorites. Thank you. You so many incredible things post-bachelor, but I figured, you know what, I'm so grateful to have you here today because, you know, you've been through this reality world business back yeah. the and, you know, uh, all the of it.
1: Well, thank first of all, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm excited to be on and uh, yeah, you know, th- and thanks for watching the show that far back. You were probably still in diapers, so I appreciate it. I don't know how you are able to- No,
2: I, so what year were you on? Was it 1999?
1: No, what, what? Oh my God, you actually just made me feel older than I am. No, it was 2003, I was on Trista's season. And then, so it was the first bachelorette and then they made me the bachelor. So I was actually the fourth bachelor and that was in 2004.
2: Okay, so I knew it was close to when I originally moved out. So I moved to California in 1999. Okay. And we would have, like, viewing parties in my, like, little apartment that I shared with, like, 86 other people. (laughs) So (laughs) that has stuck with us. This will be the first year that I can't have my bachelor viewing parties because of COVID
1: i know man covid thing is just killing so many fun things you know i know
2: it's just not the same on zoom but at least this call it feels the same it feels like we're sitting in the same room together it
1: does and i'm so you know i i uh i wanted to tell you so my wife who you've not met um she uh we just moved um from seattle uh back to the midwest and my wife uh her best friend uh a lady named cherish is in seattle and so uh they would watch every episode of real housewives and they are the Teddy and Kyle relationship of their there. <laughs> and it was so funny because they'd always be like, my, "My, I call my wife Canyon, which is her maiden name, but Canyon, I was always like, you know, hey, Canyon, Canyon you know, uh, what's going on there? She's like, well, everyone's just Teddy and Kyle and us yet again, so you know, <laughs> they're all just so, pissed. But, so great.
2: Uh, so is she the Teddy?
1: <laughs> She's the Teddy, yeah, and her friend Cherish is the Kyle. Yeah, um,
2: yeah. Is she a little bit type A, controlling? Funny though, uh, funny.
1: great. Yeah, it, very fun <laughs> and loving way. Yes, yes, she is. Actually, when we were getting married, I called her the frugal fiance because she. I was like, you should have your own like pod series and, and call it the frugal fiance. And she's like, what do you mean? I go, well, everything that comes up, you're like, wait a minute, I can go get that at Costco and make it myself. Now that's not a Teddy thing. That's just a, a Canyon thing. But to give you an idea of her type A ness, it um, comes out a lot of ways.
2: You know what? She's a girl after my own heart, type A till the end. But she's probably a straight shooter, and that's you know why you fell in love with her because. Yeah exactly why you know, it, it's 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 a blessing and a curse for a straight shooter type a types yeah but, you know, this last oh, yeah. week has been right. such craziness around uh, here it's,
1: well i can only imagine i mean you're dealing with first of all i said this last night in in, in passing but I, I know we have a lot of news to get to today in particular uh, what's going on with housewives and with you and uh and i mean at the end of the day it's just got to be such a I, I would imagine you said a blessing and a curse I would imagine you're probably feeling a little bit of a blessing and a curse or a little bit of a, a relief, but also a little bit of like, you know, what the hell's going on here? I mean, so what is going on? The headlines are out right now about, you know, you, you know,
2: even- So the crazy thing, the craziest part about it was, I think it was last Monday. I woke up, I was on the Peloton, and a, my girlfriend started texting me, my non-television show girlfriends, and they're like, right. hey, is everything cool? And I'm like, why? And they're like, well, it's all over the Daily Mail that you're no longer a housewife. And I was like, oh, come on.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like, whatever.
2: You know, like, you know, and then I went on Daily Mail and looked at it. And then I like sent the message to my manager and agent and publicist. And I was like, hey guys, what's up? And like, maybe not three hours later, I get the phone call and they're like, hey. And I'm like, what? And they're like, so um your contract's not getting renewed as a housewife and i'm like you are telling me that it's released to the daily mail before me
1: oh my god
2: (laughs) so that to me you know like you have to kind of go through a a couple different stages which i'm sure you know but like the first stage is like your ego right which we all hate to admit we have one but it's like what what is happening? Like, how did this happen? How did I have no idea? But then you start to kind of think about things. And I, I started really like, of course, my heart broke, because I was like, how was I blindsided by this? How did this happen? And I didn't know. Um, But I think for the last couple months, I had been preparing myself. Because we had like a really busy year last year with our family, like I got pregnant naturally for the first time I had, was able to tell the kid like I filmed so many amazing things that were never shown on the show that right. I was like I, it should have been the writing on the wall, you know like okay all of the all of the like things that make me a likable redeeming human being were not shown on the season <laughs> yeah,
1: the power of the is the worst on a reality
2: show. You know? Yeah, you know, and so if you only see a certain part of somebody, it's really hard to connect to them, I think. And I'm not blaming production or Bravo or whatever it is, but I was there to, you know, to do a certain part, and that part I did. But if you don't see the other part, it's hard to relate to the person. If you don't see right. me at work, if you don't see me with my kids, if you don't see me with my husband, and you just yeah. see me arguing...
1: Right. It's right. it's not I mean, to, to be fair, I mean, I you were you were a, a decent, like, a kind arguer. I, I will say that. Like, in the episodes that I've watched, you were never, like, going for the juggler, which, you know, you weren't really playing the game, so to speak, I guess, in that regard, where it's, like, scorched earth, and then, you know, that's how everyone stays getting renewed every year, right? They just don't really have, uh, they what? don't really can- I I
2: think the biggest thing for me was like, I always said I was only going to say things, you know, what I can't stand when it comes to like listening to some past housewives will come forward and they'll be like, I was forced to do that. Or I was forced to do that. We're not forced to do anything. We're adults. You make your own decisions. But I can say that, yes, I made mistakes throughout my time on housewives. But I also, I also did authentically what felt right to me in that moment and yes some things I had to apologize for and some things I still stand true to today but like I'm not going to be the type that you're going to worry is like going to punch somebody like everything I say comes from the heart and maybe that's why you know you're not going to see craziness from me because like I'm doing it because it's how I'm feeling not what I think you know Jennifer is going to think on blah 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 watching it back
1: sure no I get it and that's if you if you were doing that that's pretty transparent too that's what they always say right you can see right down the lens so if you were just putting on an act everyone would have been pissed about that they would have been able to pick up on that and they would have been like oh she's totally acting this out so you know that's i think the people out there that love you know, know that you're a very genuine article and that's something that's important you know
2: thank you
7: Sham, scam, beware.
5: Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts,
3: or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host,
7: And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.
1: I can imagine being the last to know had to just be so disheartening. I mean...
2: Well, I think, you know, there's also a big part of when something is such a huge part of your life for over three years. And it takes, you know, we're filming five, six days a week with these same people. And it's not only just the other women that you film with. It's also the producers, the crew. Like, you talk to these people more, almost more than you talk to anybody else in your life. So I, I remember... And I still, and I mean, I text, like, I'm on a, you know, a group text with Erica and Kyle and Renna. And, like, there are days where I'm like, why do I feel sad today? And they're like, you're gonna feel sad some days. Like, and then the next day, you're not gonna feel sad. And then you're gonna feel sad. You know, like, because yeah. it's, it's a habit. It's something that's created in your life. And, like, it really does feel like a, a breakup. Because, yeah. like, there are certain producers that I would talk to you know, like I, joke with, I joked with one of them, I was like, "You're like my, my second husband or like you're like my sister wife. Like we talk so much yeah. that you know, it, it's always going to be different. Even if right. I came back as a friend of, or whatever happens, like my life will forever be different. But in that same token, I feel like when I was all, all in on housewives, I was yeah. unable to do some things that I know I need to do in the rest of my life. Because the negativity and the positivity, all of those things consumes you.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Well, you know, you mentioned a, a friend of, I mean, would you, would you consider that? Like if they came to you and said, Hey, we'd like you to come back and, you know, be kind of like a side, a side player type of thing. You know,
2: I think there's different types of friend devs. I think if, if it came down to a situation where like it was to support one of my friends at an event that I. You know i want to be there for and i care about you know what if it makes sense then i you know i'll never say never but i wouldn't want to be in a situation just to like throw drama you know like yeah yeah I, so i never say never because i just don't know the circumstance and some of these women i really love and care about
1: yeah well that's what i was thinking i mean you just mentioned like rena and and erica i mean and obviously kyle i mean those are real friends of yours now like you guys have become and i mean I've I've met Rena years ago. I've always loved her. You know, she's she's a wild card, but she's funny and crazy. But were there anyone else? Was there anyone else on the show that you feel like you walk away with a genuine friendship that will last? You know, while you're not on the show.
2: You know, I reached out uh, to Dorit. Um, because Dorit and I've had some extreme highs and lows on the show. And I don't know if that's because the extra, you know, just that extra pressure of like wanting to get your point across or whatever it may be. But I texted her as soon as I found out and just said, Hey, I just wanted to let you know, like we've had good times and bad times on the show, but I wanted to let you know, they're not renewing me as a housewife and I just want to wish you the best. Like regardless of, I I think that Dorit has a good heart. And yeah. our kids loved playing together. So I reached out to her. And then, like, Sutton and I have messaged back and forth. But, like, I, you know, I think that time will tell. Yeah. And I think yeah. it's crazy to put too much expectation on yourself or on other people. Because also what starts to happen is you don't want the others to feel like like they can't share things with you or they need to share things with you. Because this is a situation out of our control completely.
1: Right. Right. But what I about think- Oh, have go ahead. From, have you heard from Andy
2: at all? I did hear from Andy. And you know what? Andy did something like, I think it was on his podcast or on his Sirius um, channel where he said that my post was the most like authentic departure post he had ever seen. Cause I was just straight for, you know, every housewife, I think prior always says, you know, it was a mutual decision.
1: Right. <laughs> that right. we
2: had <laughs> To not go. <laughs> and, you know, the biggest thing for me, I was like, I'm not going to say that. Yeah, I'm not gonna say that. I'm not gonna do that because it's not true. And if anything, I'd rather be honest. And then I got some heat because people are like, why did you turn off your commenting? Like, why did you turn your commenting off on that post? If you're gonna be so authentic and be so honest, why are you turning off your commenting? And the truth is, sometimes you're okay. You're in a good mental state to take heat and to take the abuse or to take trolls or to take people coming at your family. That wasn't the day for me
1: no and that's your choice to make too you know i i I think about that like i was i was wondering because i mean i used to when i was the bachelor i remember i'd have like 500 nice things said about me and two bad things and those two bad things would stick in my mind for like a month you know and i would second guess everything and it was like these people don't realize you're a human being you know and so when you're going through something like that i would imagine turning the comments off you're like look i'm gonna be genuine and authentic but I take it, I'm going to take today off, you know, which yeah, I totally
2: like, get. For me, I wanted to, I felt really good about the way that I shared it. It like, I'm going to be honest. I had, de- I think that was the second or third day after I found out I was going in waves of crying and then laughing and then crying. Yeah. Like I was, I didn't know how to reconcile my emotions, but I knew I had to be honest and I wanted to come forward and tell the truth because it was almost generating more hate by the speculation.
1: Right. And I
2: know they normally prefer to wait and do a big announcement at the end, but I was like, I, for me, I need, I need to say it because I I need to like put a stop to people speculating and I just want to kind of put it out there. But I also didn't want my emotions about, you know, maybe grieving that the show's over or being excited for what's to come to be affected by somebody else's opinions of me.
1: Right. Yeah. And there's going to be, you know, the hardest part about that is a lot of those people are, fans and love you and support you and then you'll have a few people who they don't dislike you they just like to stir up the sauce you yeah. know like a reaction and they don't realize how i can really mess with you a little bit you know
2: you know and i think it just all comes with time i mean when i first came to california when i was 17 years old i had these like big dreams you know like i was like okay i want to be an actor i want to be a singer and i remember my first big rejection was the end for me and I didn't do anything in regards to that world again for like 15 years
1: yeah because yeah. like
2: I, I, I didn't want to hear it I, it hurt me too much and I didn't want to go back to that 17 year old girl like I've done so much work on myself to to grow and feel comfortable in my own skin and know who I am and sometimes we revert back to old patterns when like things happen to us that that are out of our control and I just just, I I don't want to do this it's not fair to me it's not fair to my kids
1: right well I was going to say that too I mean have you I, I, I mean obviously you've had this discussion with your family so how are they reacting to it like what's your husband think what is you know what does everybody think
2: um my husband's like listen I think I, he's like, I wish everybody got to see the amazing things about, like, like your first season, people got to see a lot of who you are, like, you're silly, you make fun of yourself, you don't take yourself too seriously, but like, you're also such an amazing mom, like, we had a moment where, and I remember saying to production, like, I'd rather not film this, because this is a really important thing for us, it was the day we told our kids that we were pregnant, we made this book, and we read it, and like, Uh, it was like, we are you know this whole thing and, yeah. it was just, and they were like no no Teddy we'll do it it'll be in there and like I thought that would be a memory that we would have forever and it wasn't in there you know really? so it was like some of those things like gosh you're like why did I why did I share that side of me or like things oh. were asked about growing up and I'm like why did I share that you know you put yourself on the table for it not to be shown but he was like here's the beauty of it Teddy like you came on, the people that watch the show and relate to you, they still love you. They still, you know, are motivated by what you're doing or inspired by what you're doing or how you've changed your life. Your business is in a good, healthy place. Your yeah. kids are happy. Like we are, we're still married, you know, like <laughs> all, of, all of the things that like can happen when you really put your life out there.
8: Yeah. Like
2: it, it didn't happen. We We came out unscathed. I came out with some good friends. No. I just moved into a beautiful new house. Like, you know, life is not, I, I, I'm i not in such a place. But, you know, right. there's definitely, oh, but the only person that was really pissed was my son, Cruz. He goes, <laughs> Mom, what did you do? And I said, I, you know, I don't really know that I did anything. And he goes, I wanted to be famous. Now what?
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're like, we can work on that. We're in the right time.
2: You're gonna have to figure that out on yourself, buddy.
1: Yeah, yeah. But you know, <laughs> honestly, that's really fun. How are the kids? I mean, I know you, they are all going through a little. You know, I know one of them had a little hand issue and the neurosurgery and everything. Are you okay to talk about that? Like, how how's everyone doing?
2: Everybody's doing good. Um, my daughter Dove, who had neurosurgery, she gets her helmet on Friday or her doc band, and she's looking good. She's happy. She's you wouldn't have known that she's had neurosurgery. Um, And then Slate and Cruz, I mean, they're doing as good as they possibly can be doing school at home. You know, there's highs and lows with that because they want to be with all their friends. And luckily we found a huge outlet, which has been, we've all been riding again. So we go out to the barn and ride horses and like, that's a safe, you know, sport for us to do.
8: Yeah.
2: And um, luckily because of everything that's going on and because they can do virtual school, my dad was like hey do you want to come visit us and he's like you know we're figuring out a safe way to go visit my mom and my dad and my sister so everybody can meet baby dove
1: oh and, and see
2: the kids because it's been you know my dad met baby dove but my mom and my sister haven't because you know she's a pandemic baby
1: right so, yeah it's that's, that's such a weird time for everything isn't it yeah um, you know I was, I was gonna tell you i have the, the coolest memory of your dad uh I was 25 years old, and we just signed a record deal, and I was playing the Bluebird in Bloomington. Oh, uh, my, God. I've been there. Yeah, and Kenny Arnoff was playing with a the band there, like just having fun and playing, and we were like the opener for his band. And your dad came out and got on stage and just started singing with his with Kenny's piano you know, group. And I just sat there, and oh my God, we closed the place down, and we just hung out. And I, I mean, I'd be lying if I said I had like this great heart to heart with your dad, which I didn't. But I just. Had- <laughs> I was in the same room with him, and I'm, I'm such a fan. that It was just so cool to get there and just hang with him. And his, you know, he was telling stories and just being just, you know, really just a, a just a cool dude to be around, and Kenny Aronoff was so, like, gracious to us. And, you know, it was, like, one of those moments that you, it sticks with you the rest of your life, you know? And so I wanted to share that with you because it made a huge difference for me when, I, when I'm out on that night.
2: Oh, I love that story. And, I mean, that's, that's really who he is, and I think that's taught me a lot as well as like, He's somebody who just really loves what he does.
1: Yeah. And he does it
2: for him and for, you know, like he creates music that he loves, that he cares about. He paints because it's something he loves doing. And I think that that's been a big lesson for me in in regards to doing the show and also having All In and also having my kids. Like the importance has got to remain on what do I love doing? What do I wake up in the morning and crave doing? And that's helping people. And that's working on myself. That's making sure that my family is taking care of themselves and having fun and we are doing things together and that I'm present. And, you know, like, truthfully, like my dad was like, listen, Teddy, when one door closes, another opens as long as you keep showing up for yourself every day. And that's the truth. Like yeah. I have had paparazzi stalking me every day since this happened. They've got some real flattering shots, let me tell you. <laughs> but like they stalk me on my runs because I think they're waiting for me to like be having this crying breakdown. Right. And I'm like, you know what? I might have them sometimes, but it's not going to be outside on my run. All right.
1: Yeah. Definitely like, yeah. prepare stuff out the front door. You know. I'm like,
2: going. I you guys, it's not going to happen here. I do that in the bathtub when no one's
1: watching. With a with a giant magnum of wine,
2: With my huge apérol spritz, and music, (laughs) pretending I'm having self-care.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Accountability is your thing, so it's important that you're accountable for how much wine you're drinking on on one of those nights too. You gotta, you know, keep your numbers. I
2: know. I'm I'm definitely accountable the next morning.
1: (laughs) Well, I think it's true too. It's like you know. At the adversity happens right? i mean 2020 has been a garbage year for so i mean for all of us so many people you know with covid and everything and it's been just awful the debates were awful if anybody watched it you know it's like it's like you know there's no there's no sense of calm and so much change happening so it's like you know of course this happened this year i mean it just of all the times this would happen. of course it happened this year but it does give you a chance to to really take the notoriety and the and the 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 you know the name recognition and everything you got from the show and turn it into something great I mean I know it's I know it's quick but have you already started kind of thinking about next steps or are you just sort of sitting back and looking you at you know
2: it? I think the biggest thing has been my, my biggest focus has been like all right I'm really leaning in to and I uh, leaning in is such an overused <laughs> word I need to like stop uh, it. but I like love- Leaning it, but I've really been focusing on like the morale of all of my employees and yeah. focusing on my clients and the things that I, I did prior to housewives.
1: Right. Because
2: yeah. you know when I w- when I'm filming Housewives, I can only keep on so many personal clients myself. So now I'm starting to grow that number again. I'm starting to also go back to the things that I love that have nothing to do with the television show, like going out to the barn, riding horses, like making time to talk to the people in my life that are really important that I do love. You know, that like when you're busy and then they're like rush, how you doing? You know, like even my sister, like rush conversations where like, she's one of my very best friends. I love her so much. Like I need to take that time to, you know, invest in those relationships that maybe I haven't been putting enough effort into and also like watching the show back there are some things that I've learned you know about myself that I want to work on and like I I'm glad that I you know was able to watch this season back and go okay you know this was an ideal this was an ideal Rem- and then also remember the good parts but then go okay in the future yes Teddy you can still be straightforward yes you can say what's on your heart maybe your tone could bend a little different maybe you could be- <laughs> You know, like.
1: That's the type A A part of you. Like my my version of Teddy here at home, I'm always like, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. I, I say it to my wife all the time. I'm like, you sound bad. She's like, it's just my voice, you know. But
2: like, <laughs> like, I, you know, sometimes my intensity level is a little hot, you know. So, and la- the season before that, I'd learned like, gosh, I'm really nagging my husband a lot, you know, like, or whatever it may be. So, just able to kind of take those things and say, like, all right, I can grow and learn from this, and the friendships that matter from the show will continue on.
1: Yeah, that doesn't end just because a contract ends, you know. And no. to that point, like, I mean. You, you said you reached out to Dorit. I mean, what what did Kyle say? Like, I mean, I know you guys are so close. What? How did she reach
2: I mean, I think there's always this moment. There's this thing that, like, we always kind of... Everybody knows that, like, sometime after the reunion is when you get your pickup letters.
1: Right, right.
2: So everybody just... It's like that unknown thing that you don't really speak about. Yeah. So that morning, I got the text about the Daily Mail. I texted her, and I was just like, uh oh and she's like no and i was like yeah i think i think this is a yes (laughs) and she was like no you know and then once she found out it's like it all happens for a reason like we love you i can't imagine doing this without you we love you like but i i might even get emotional so cheesy but like oh that being able to create such an amazing friendship through a reality television show yeah. It's really unheard of, in my, you know, I never would have thought. Like when people are like, Are reality television show's fake," like right. I never, in my deepest like thoughts of doing Housewives, would have been, "Gosh, I'm probably gonna find one of my very best friends doing the show."
1: Yeah, you wouldn't have guessed that in a million years. Yeah. yeah,
2: like, and she has been a friend that's connected with my friends. Like we have integrated into each other's lives outside of the show, and. Yep. It, it really is incredible that you can really form that strong of a relationship with cameras on you.
1: It's amazing, isn't it? I mean, it, it's super <laughs> forget the cameras are there, right? And you're just being yourself, which I think is why people love you so much. But I think about that with Kyle too. Like, I mean, I you know I watched the show as much as I could, and I would always I always like be to my wife, I'd always be like, oh, you're watching that show again? And then I'd be like, I can't believe Dorit said. <laughs> that. I would know everyone. <laughs> and, uh, he makes fun of me for that, but I would say you brought out a different side of Kyle too. You know, like, I mean, uh, there's a a side of Kyle that I think seemed a lot more relatable this past season in that, you know, she let her guard down a little bit. She's always kind of been, you know, battling out in the past with Vanderpump, you know, for the Queen Bee type of situation. And I think she's just, you brought out a side of her that I think viewers really needed to see too, like a little more of a human side, you know?
2: Well, I I think we really trust one another and it was a true authentic friendship and I think that any show, whenever you're you know, watching a show, you can feel that and you can see that. Yeah. And that's why I think at the beginning of the season, all the women were like, what's going on? What is this? What is it? And we're like, this is called an authentic friendship.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know you guys don't have any of these. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sure they do.
7: Sham. Scam. Beware.
5: Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host,
8: I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations.
7: And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.
1: I actually watched the finale again last night, the part three of the finale, and um, for, first of all, I love the pink hair and I, oh, I, I let, that was a nice touch. Um, but you know, Erica, you and Erica are like, it's seemingly very different people, but you guys seem to have like a nice understanding of one another. I thought, uh,
2: I, you know what? I love Erica. And I, the thing that I learned so much is like Erica and I, the first season didn't click. And the reason why was we never did anything together. The two of yeah. us, every single thing was in the group. Right. So how do you? Re- it's very hard to connect with a person in a large group when you don't get to know anything about that person, and the right. only thing that you know about them is what's been told uh, to you uh, from somebody else. Right. You know, so I got brought in, and then you know had these conversations with Vanderpump or Dorit or whomever were having the current situation with her, and then I started feeling things that maybe I didn't necessarily feel or know just because we never spoke.
1: Right. you know
2: like it was other than hello like there was no time for us to connect and then once we both said you know at the reunion after my first season like okay you know we're gonna make a conscious effort to move forward and get to know each other it was impossible not to like one another
3: because
2: like she's a straight shooter she's an you know an honest person I've said this before but like if I were to get arrested tomorrow, Erica would be the person I would call because I know that she would never tell a soul, you know, like she is, yeah, she yeah. is that, kind of, that kind of person. And she's also funny and smart. And, you know, I think it takes a big person for both of us to say, you know what, maybe we were wrong about each other that first season.
1: I think it says a lot. Yeah, I mean, cause it's hard to do. It's hard to look, I mean, well, you mentioned it a few times, you know, like looking back and watching the show, you decided maybe you were a little nagging too much, you know, maybe this or that. <laughs> It's like, it's hard to do that self-evaluation because I know for me, I mean, God, when I watched the first season of The Bachelorette back and saw my side profile, I'm like, okay, I've got to do something. (laughs) (laughs) I'm cutting out carbs and I'm doing some donkey kicks immediately. But Uh, um, but that was just a visual thing, you know, and then you start realizing different things about yourself. But it's hard to do that because it's, you know, you're doing it while still filming or still in the public eye. And so good for you. I mean, that can't be easy.
2: I mean, I think another big thing about the show is what I've learned is you have two options. You have the option to be the type of person that talks behind somebody's back and in their confessionals, or you have the option to always say it to somebody's face. And even though it was hard as hell for me to do it, I always chose to say it to somebody's face. Yeah. And you see that throughout all three of my seasons. Like, I mean, I was on the struggle bus trying to do it. And I mean, I said to myself, why do I say awkward so many times? Because anytime I'd have to do it, I'd like put my like man hands up and I'd be like, this is going to be awkward, you know, but I had to go that route because it's the only way that sits well with me, you know, like, and, and that's the thing people don't understand. Like, why would you say it to her face? Or why'd you bring it up at a dinner? Because you think... Me saying it in a confessional behind her back and letting her find out six months later, watching it's going to be better? No, ma'am.
1: That's going to be a hot mess right there if you do that. (laughs) I mean, you did the right thing. I couldn't imagine it being easy. Even last night uh, when I rewatched the finale and you were like, you know, you say that you support women, uh, but you didn't get on the plane and go, you know, uh, to... Oh, uh, to Garcelle. Yeah. Yeah, it was one of those things where I was watching that, I was like, oh, wow, that's... That took some. That took some chance. Yeah, that was
2: nice. But I think you know, for me, it wasn't like trying to uh, get it at, at at Garcelle. I mean, I like Garcelle. I think Garcelle's funny. I think she's a big personality. I think she's all those yeah. things. But I think that it's it's really challenging going through it and and always trying to s- say like you know, we all have to empower each other in every moment, and this is who we are, and making these big ac- accusations as women, but then not necessarily doing it or then kind of mocking the entire situation we all know we're on a tv show right we all know that the tv show thrives on drama yeah so when you say things like that you know that it's going to make other people look bad you just sure it's you know like you know clearly if you're like well guys why are you being so petty you know what real housewives of beverly hills is so like (laughs) let's you signed
1: up for this
2: yeah yeah let's reel this in it's not your first rodeo so like that that was mainly my point like you can't Uh, say those kind of off the cuff comments if you're not going to be there every single time showing up to show support yeah whether you're getting paid or not
1: that's right that's very true I mean that's another thing too I mean you come through this whole situation obviously a bunch of women you almost become like a sisterhood and there's certain friendships you have that you're going to take away from it but are there certain people that you're almost thankful that you aren't going to have to see again? I mean, is it, I I mean, I'm sure you'll still see them. You'll still be in certain circles, but are there certain people that you're glad you're not going to have to, you know, sit at dinner with every night? You
2: know what I'm really excited not to be a part of? Twitter.
1: Oh yeah. Twitter. Like
2: I want you to hold me accountable to this. Okay. So I'm going to put it out there to all my teapod listeners and to you I don't want to be the ex housewife that is tweeting on the show years after I have been on the show about other people's problems.
1: Right. (laughs) I
2: never want to be that person. I never want to be the person shading somebody years after like it has been something that has been crazy to me. Like Camille Grammer makes it her sole mission in life to try to put me down on Twitter. And I'm like, how does this even involve you? And what do you care? Like, I just don't, I, that is my biggest goal. Like if I'm involved in something, if I do come back as a friend and it's something I'm involved in, okay, that's fine. But if I am not on that show, I better not be commenting on Twitter.
1: Yeah, live tweeting, yeah.
2: Like absolutely <laughs> not. And especially if it's not, in, you know, in trying to be funny and when trying to be mean. Yeah. You know, I just well, don't want, I don't want to become that. I don't want to be bitter. I don't want to be angry. I don't want to go after people that are on a show that I was once on. Like, I just, that negativity, I am, I really want to be done with.
1: Yeah, I think that's a smart move. And I don't, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, you don't strike me as the type of person who's going to be, you know, sitting there and like watching every episode and trying to figure out mean tweets. You know, like, you can- no,
2: I may send a text to my girlfriends that are on the show and be like, whoa, Hot Mass <laughs> Express. Or, like, you were really drunk, or this really happened, you know, whatever happened. I may heckle them to their faces, true. but true. I really, I, I think there's, and I, I don't want housewives to be something that defines me forever, where I feel the need to justify things 10 years later.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, that's true. Yeah. It's a, it's a launching pad, right? I mean, it's a great opportunity for you to get out there. And then obviously with all the other things you have going on in your life, it's, it's, it's not a bad thing that people know you as someone who is a straight shooter who is going to lay their heart out there on the line and, and not be, I, I, that was a big thing for me when I was the bachelor guy too, or on or the bachelorette rather, I should say before the bachelor, but I didn't want to be the guy in the ITMs. It was in the moment things with producers where I was like trashing the other guys. So I totally respect that. Cause that was, the, that was my, that was like my badge of honor in my mind because I'm like I gotta go home after this and the last thing I want is my buddies just bragging on me because I'm super nice to this dude's face and then stabbing him in the back you know when I'm not around him so I think that that has always been a nice thing that I've heard from other people that they respected from the show so yeah. I'm sure you
2: I, I I totally feel that and something that my um babysitter said to me you know, after I found out about getting let go from the show, which I had totally kind of forgotten about. You know how you almost like black out the negatives when something happens? Like you're like, oh, (laughs) I I don't remember this side. I said, I was like, gosh, you know, like I just can't believe this happened, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, Teddy, I'm just so grateful this happened for you. And I said, why? And she goes, I remember so many nights throughout these last three years where you'd come home later than you wanted to come home or whatever happened and you'd be crying. And you would be sad about what went down. And, you know, even though I wasn't crying on the show, like, yes, I was sometimes believe me, everybody knows call me a crybaby all you want. But I those car rides home from every single event going through everything that may have happened to you or to your friend, or between two friends, like, it eats away at your soul.
1: Sure. And like, yeah,
2: like I, I would come home and I'd have tears in my eyes, I'd be you know, ripping off those fake eyelashes, like taking out my extensions. Like I say my like driver that drove me to and from Housewives, I'm like, you, he was like my therapist. Like we'd sit in the car right home and I'd be like, I can't believe this happened to so and so. I just feel sick. Like and yeah. the anxiety and like just consumes so much of your life.
1: Sure. I mean, some of those arguments are just i mean i watch the show and it's funny with my wife she'll go you know this relaxes me i'm like how does this relax you i'm like it makes me insane like i'm like uh, jumping out of my seat like i'm you know and i i watching it i can only imagine how it had to feel afterwards and that's funny that you say that that the driver's like a therapist because that, that dude's probably like, you know, he's probably the guy who really hold, knows where all the bodies are buried, so to speak. Oh,
2: for sure. He knows the good, like, because if if also, there were times I was crying, there was also times I was pissed, you know? So yeah. it's like, in the car, I'm like, I can't believe she did that. I can't believe yeah. she said that to me. I can't, you know, whatever it may be. Or like the drive home from this season when I cried, I think I only cried one time this season, which is a small miracle. Hey, but yeah. um, uh, on the way home, my husband's like, had never seen it happen like any other time during Housewives. It wasn't like a group dinner, and I like broke down. So he was like casually eating a salad during it, and he's like, "Babe," and on the way home, he's like, "I can't believe you cried. Like, why do you even care? Why would you even get upset?" And my driver, he goes, "Edwin, now's not a good time." <laughs>
1: <laughs> he said that to your husband. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> he's like,
2: "Now's not a good time for her. She's processing."
1: Trust me, give her about five minutes. And,
2: uh, <laughs> right. Let yeah. let it die down. She just had a dramatic experience. I know this. This is her process. She's going to sit quiet, and then she'll start venting, and then she may cry again.
1: Give it a few minutes. It'll be fine. Just relax. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I remind myself all the time of, like, the things I'm supposed to do when my wife's mad at me, and I'm like, okay, I probably should just step away, let her process, and then come back in. So, yeah, it's got to be hard when you're in those, like, pressure cooker moments. You know, it's funny, too, like, I, I, this is totally off-topic, but, it's, I've never seen anyone do it on any of the shows before until Denise, but where, like she, I think she just assumed that if she said certain things and, and that they wouldn't air it because it didn't seem like a TV show. Like when she would tell her husband like, hey, stop, you know, stop saying, stop saying anything, camera's on. You know, and the fact that they would leave that in, I thought was kind of shrewd by Bravo, like a smart move by the producers. Well, this yeah.
2: is the first year they broke the fourth wall in general. Uh-huh but it was because she kept breaking the fourth wall. So normally right. that's not happening. Like we all know we're on camera. We don't need to like remind ourselves like, yeah. so I, I think that's partially why, but also like even in the interviews, they showed like production talking to us, asking interview questions, and then us thinking about the answer, you know, like all of that. I actually thought it was, good that they did that because I think sometimes it's hard to understand where we're coming from or like you saw a producer talking to Garcelle at the car one time like they're just opening it up because oftentimes you know you are watching the show and you're like how did that come up you know like how does this happen and it's so many things stem from fourth wall stuff
1: right yeah
2: Like, and for those of you guys who don't know what fourth wall means because I had no idea what fourth wall meant my first season when everyone's like oh that's for you know you can't break the fourth wall or whatever it was yeah um, that is anything that makes what you're doing a tv show versus reality right so
1: they're giving you the Den- off. Yeah. yeah so when
2: denise would say bravo bravo effing bravo she <laughs> was trying to break the fourth wall, which would mean that production stops what they're doing and then redoes the scene. But yeah. the problem is we had never seen that. That wasn't something we were doing. So then that created a whole new issue with all of us.
1: Yeah, no No one was happy about
2: it. Yeah. No one was happy about it because we're all like, why can you do that? But we can't. I would love to have done bravo, bravo, effing bravo when I was crying at Kyle's dinner at the beginning of the season. Sure. But, I, but you signed up to do this.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's your, it's kind of your job right now. So you got to stick with it and take the good <laughs> with the bad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's interesting. I, I was wondering about that. Cause I mean, I was thinking that to myself, like I, we would do those ITMs where we would sit there and, you know, and I'm not sure if this is how it works with the producers on, on, the, on the housewives, but they would basically, we would use what they would say to us in a question and we would repeat it back on camera to kind of give the context of what we were doing. So for example, like if I was just on a group date, they'd say, today I want a group date with Debbie, Brenda, and Rhonda. And I'd be like, today I want a group date with Debbie, you know? And that's yeah. why I say the word amazing so much on The Bachelor because the producers are like, today today was just amazing. I went on this great group date. And that's how I would start my sentence, you know? Did, did that ever play into those ITMs that you would have on the show?
2: Uh, the only time it happened was my first season when I, I had... I was upset about the situation with Erica, that she wasn't agreeing with me, like even though she had already agreed with me. And I was venting to a producer, and we had both like, I, I think the the pretend amnesia comment, I don't know that that came from my own, like I know that that was said in our venting back and forth. I just don't yeah. if I came up with it. Cause right. I'm like, did I? I'm like I don't know that I've ever thought like. Granted, I think maybe we were just like I was like I can't believe she said that. I remember this happening, and we were walking up the stairs, and I had the memory, and they showed the memory later that yeah. it did happen. But but I think the producer may have been like I know it was like pretend amnesia, and then I remember three days later sitting down and being like pretend amnesia, and then I was like, damn it, <laughs> why did I say that? You know, like but it. The, It wasn't ever, Teddy, you should say this. It's just you're talking to another human being. It's like if you hang out with somebody for a long time and they say the word y'all, all all of a sudden you start saying y'all. It's it's subliminally happening versus you know, you're being told to
1: do something. Right. Not forcing the words down their mouth, but it's just out there in the atmosphere. It's just in your head, you know? Yeah. You hear
2: no, even even my, you know, I got so much heat about talking with my hands, which you can see I do 24 seven. I can't help <laughs> it. My dad does it and then my mom does it. She's Italian, like this is who we are. Yeah, but, so I, yeah. I got so much heat about it that I tried for like a couple of epi- couple confessionals to sit on my hands like I was like, okay, I'm going to not use my hands in confessionals, this is my new thing. And I got a call and said, Teddy, I don't know what you've changed in your confessionals, but you're like a zombie up there. Because I couldn't, I don't know how to talk without my hands. So it's like, if yeah. you ever try to d- change who you are, it just doesn't resonate. Doesn't
1: you can't do it. No, I totally agree. Well, I think it's going to be huge for you. I think it's exciting. I know it, you know, at the beginning, like you said, it had to suck the way it felt. And I think you're being so honest about it that it's going to really let people see, you know, why they fell in love with you in the first place. And so ultimately that's kind of the big, the big takeaway for me, you know, just getting to talk to you today on this. And I mean, I guess like what, what is, I know you said what's next is like, you're going to focus on your business, focus on your family, focus on that. Are you going to take any time just for yourself and just kind of peel back and You know, I I
2: think I kind of already have been. I think from the, I let myself fully feel like mourn the first couple of days, and then now for me, what makes me feel best is routine, like. I know it's working for my family. I know like we get up, we have our morning breakfast, you know, we have that, like we put on music and then like I go for a walk or a run and like I have to keep doing me and I know the ideas will keep coming. I know that the next steps will keep coming and I know if I have a bad day, it will pass. Right. And like yeah. that's, that's how you have to be. If, if you pretend that every day you're gonna wake up and feel happy or feel the same exact way you feel, felt yesterday, you're gonna do damage.
1: Yeah, well, especially during this time in everybody's life, there's like it's tough to wake up and even just put a smile on your face. So it's like to to go through something like this on top of all this other BS and come out with a positive mental attitude. And you
2: know? especially because there's so many unhappy people on Instagram on social media right now, they're doing everything they can to try to you know hurt others. You know, I just yeah. keep trying to remember like that's not who I want to be.
1: Right. Yeah. That's
2: going to be my focus. And I think if we do that, then we're all going to get through this. We're all in this together. And you know what? Good things are ahead. I can feel it.
1: I can feel it too. Well, I uh, love to you today. Thanks for taking time with me and for letting me come on your show and hang out.
2: Uh, well, thank you so much. I hope to talk to you soon. And please tell your wife I said hello. And anytime she comes to LA and wants to hip, hit up Home Goods or Costco, I'm her gal.
1: Those are her two favorite spots. So I know she would <laughs> love <laughs> well thanks Teddy I love talking to you man have a great rest of your day tell your family I said hello and uh, hopefully we'll get to hang out in LA sometime soon
2: sounds good bye
1: bye thanks for listening subscribe to Teddy Teapot
4: on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts
0: every family has an origin story one passed down through the generations